All right, all right. Okay, okay. What is up, everybody? It's LJ Talks Facts right here. Going to spit some facts. Like always, of course, I am back. It has been a long time. It's been about two weeks. The last time I talked to you guys, I believe, was... I'm going to check the date. I believe it was June 4th or June 5th I talked to you guys. Saying I needed a break for a little while. Just, you know, I'm still not doing that great mentally to be honest i'm just gonna be honest with you guys but i miss talking to you guys <sighs> lots been going on though in sports though same with the uh, aew as well in wrestling you know there's been a lot going on i'm really looking forward to dynamite on saturday you know my brooklyn nets got eliminated by the bucks last saturday you know the islanders play game seven tomorrow against Tampa Bay lightning here in the semifinals we're one win away from going back to the stanley cup for the first time since 1984 you know, the Yankees seem like they're picking it up, which is great. I'm happy about that. The Cowboys, obviously, there's no news about them. We're still in the offseason. Probably hear more about them in August, you know. Not really, looking, not really looking forward to that season. This next season coming up for the Cowboys. I'm just not looking forward to it at all. Just how it is. But I hope that you guys are doing great. Like I said, mentally, I'm like whatever, to be honest. Like, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I can't BS you guys. I can't say that I'm doing good because then when I end the episode, I'm going to feel guilty for lying, so I can't lie, I'm not really doing that great, you know, but I am excited, though, for game seven tomorrow, but we'll get to that last, we'll talk about the Nets, because I gotta, gotta talk about them being eliminated by the Bucks. you know, the Bucks just lost game one to the Hawks last night, and Trey Young just went fucking off last night, like, oh my god, I can't believe it's Hawks and Bucks, and it's Suns and Clippers. So my original, so my picks though for the third round, I'll tell you guys, I picked, um, I picked Suns in seven, and I picked Bucks in six. So I'm predicting it's gonna be a Suns Bucks finals, but who knows? The Hawks might get in there. And the Clippers have been down. They went down 2-0 in the first two rounds. They wound up winning. You know, and it looks like CP3 is gonna be playing for the Suns in Game Three. I believe that's tonight. Yeah, tonight that is. I don't know if Kawhi's come back. He's got an ACL injury. I don't know if we want to risk him coming back and he gets hurt and tears ACL. It would be something if he comes back, though. But we'll see if the Clippers can avoid going down three games to another. Because if they go down 3-0, they're not coming back. If they win tonight, they have some hope. But we'll see. And you know what? I really would like to see the Hawks get to the finals, but I do love Giannis. Despite Giannis and the Bucks eliminating my net, I am you know, a Giannis fan. I like him. I've praised Giannis a whole lot. I have this one friend who's a huge Blake Griffin fan, but obviously hated Griffin coming to the Nets, whatever. I, I don't understand it. You know, like, whatever. It's your, it's your favorite guy. He has a great chance to get a ring. And we don't know if Blake Griffin will stay with the Nets, you know. He's a free agent, so time will tell. Um, yeah, I, I've always been telling him Giannis is a top 10 player. You know, even, like, even though when they lost to the Raptors in the conference finals a couple years ago, he's like, oh, he got bounced by Kawhi. He's a two-time MVP, honestly. Well, that time he won his first MVP, you know, after uh, the playoffs, obviously. And he won his second MVP last year. Obviously, he didn't win it this year. He went to Jokic, and that was well-deserved, obviously. But Giannis is a top-ten player in this league. He absolutely is. I mean, yeah, he's not a great shooter, obviously. We know that. But here's the thing. There's a difference between him and, like, Ben Simmons. Because I'm really surprised... So I do. I did want to talk about the Nets first, but there is a lot in sports I want to talk about. To be honest, and the Islanders, you know, we gotta say the best for last. Obviously, you know what? I did pick Philly in seven, 
over Atlanta. I didn't talk about you guys. Like I was saying to myself, like Philly will win at seven. It went to seven, but Atlanta won. It really should have been Philly in six because, you know, Philly blew that game in game five. They were up like, what was it, like 72-46, I believe, and the Hawks just came all the way back. The Hawks have been fucking grinders in the playoffs. They have been fucking awesome. Even though I don't like Trey Young's, I know he flops around a lot. But Harden does, like, the same thing. You know what I mean? He, he does. But Trey Young's growing on me. He is. You know, we'll see what happens. But, um, but yeah. With the Sixers, though, I do feel bad for Embiid because I do like Embiid. I hate Simmons. And I was actually at Borelli's last night watching the Islands game with my boy James. You know, and... You know, we saw, and there was this actually, uh, there was this guy who was a St. Louis Blues fan wearing a Braden Point uh, shirt. So he was cheering for the Lightning, obviously. He's a Cardinals fan, Blues fan, Packers fan, Sixers fan. And he was just going off about Ben Simmons. We were just talking. He was a good guy, you know. He was in enemy territory, but he was a good guy. He, he was a great guy. Very nice man. But, um, yeah, he was going off about Ben Simmons, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, you guys just got to get rid of that fucking guy. Because Ben Simmons, you cannot go two for four in a game seven five points that just can't happen and I don't know they keep saying like Ben Simmons like you know he's getting babied in the organization he doesn't really care I mean Ben Simmons doesn't shoot all he does is like the only thing he does shoot is like layups that's all he does he has no shot he has no fucking jump shot he has nothing he doesn't shoot threes at all he's afraid to shoot the ball I mean Maybe he's afraid to shoot. He can't make free throws either. If your life depended on it, you'd be dead if Ben Simmons went to the free throw line. If you needed somebody to save your life with two free throws right there and you pick Ben Simmons, well, you might as well just fucking dig your own grave. You already just did. I mean, my God. I thought Giannis was bad at free throws. Simmons is... He's worse. He's worse. I mean, do the Sixers move on from him? I mean, yeah, they really should. I'm already hearing, like, oh, the Sixers should move on from Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers just got there. It was his first year. He did good. It's not his fault Ben Simmons can't shoot. He's probably trying to get him to shoot and everything. Brett Brown probably tried that for years. It hasn't worked. I mean, maybe truly Ben Simmons doesn't care. I mean, if that's his mentality, then you got to get rid of him. It's kind of a shame that the Sixers couldn't trade. You know, for them, it's a shame they didn't trade Simmons for Harden. You know, I know there was other names in there. It wasn't Embiid. Embiid wasn't involved with that whole uh, trade scenario. Because that'd be way too much. You can't give up Simmons and Embiid. you got to choose either or. And the choice should be easy. It should be Ben Simmons. You know what I mean? It's just... It's unbelievable. It's like the Miami Heat wouldn't give up Tyler Hero for James Harden. I'm like, are you serious? I mean, great. Yeah, Tyler Hero played good last year. And he was great in the bubble. That's all he was. He was just great in the bubble. And he got exposed this in, in the regular season and then the playoffs against Milwaukee. And I and the clown that I am, I thought, okay, he's from Milwaukee. He's going to have a nice series. Like, he'll go into Milwaukee and he'll stick it to them. It's his hometown. He'll do great. He'll be motivated. No, he absolutely wasn't. He was fucking dog shit. He was terrible. If the Heat had James Harden, they would win. If healthy, they would beat the Bucks. If Harden was on the Heat. And if Harden was on the Sixers... If healthy, they would be in Atlanta. Just saying. 
You know, I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of Sixers fans out there that still like Ben Simmons. That's fine. I'm not telling you to hate him. I'm just saying the choice would be obvious. You have to choose between Simmons and Embiid. I mean, I know Embiid gets hurt a lot. But, you, you know, he's more valuable when he's hurt than Simmons is when he's healthy. It's the truth. Ben Simmons is just not a good player. He's definitely not worth being the first overall pick. You know I mean? Come on. Back in 2016, he was the first overall pick. He has not played like a first overall pick. Okay, sure, he's been doing an all-star game and everything. But if he had a jump shot, if he had a shot, this may sound crazy because he is a really good defensive player. Nobody's going to argue that. He is one of the best defensive players in the game. That's, that's absolutely true. But if he had a shot, if he had a jump shot, this motherfucker probably would be an MVP candidate. Tell me I'm wrong. Because you, have, you would have the total package, a big guy like Simmons with a shot and a guy that can really play defense. He can lock down anybody Simmons. Great player defensively. He's just not great offensively. He plays like it's the, like the old days where a big man doesn't play that great on offense where he doesn't shoot. I, I just don't know. Ben Simmons, man, I just... If I'm a Sixers fan, I have, like, no hope in him. Because Game 7 would have been a huge chance for him to prove himself. Here in Game 7 right here. But you go 2-4 with 5 points. I mean... How can you get any more worse than that? That just can't happen. It's a real shame. It really, really is, you know, because I want to like Simmons. I know he's very good defensively. I like his game on defense, but offensively, he's got to shoot the ball. He's running out of chances. Philly might just trade him in the offseason. I don't know where he fits. I don't know where you put Simmons. Where do you put him? He could have been in Houston. He could have been in Houston right now. But no, they didn't want to get. They didn't want to give him up for Harden. They didn't want to do it. They just didn't want to do it at all. I mean, okay, it's a real shame. I just don't know where Simmons fits. I don't know where you put him. Like Philly, I'm sure is getting calls, or maybe they're calling people. I mean, I don't know if they're getting calls because the way they're seeing Simmons is playing, his trade value is going down. Because if I'm any team, I look at Simmons and I be, and I would be like. This guy's got no jump shot. He's great defensively, so he's always a liability. He's an offensive liability. Defensively, great fucking defender. Amazing defender. It's hard to score on him. Offensively, he is the biggest liability. So I don't know where he would fit. We always hear the trade rumors. Is it true? Will Philly trade him? They will regret trading Embiid. I know Embiid gets hurt a lot, like I said. But like I said... Embiid is better when hurt than Simmons is when he's healthy. I'm just saying. You can't blame Embiid. If you're a Sixers fan, you're blaming Embiid, then just stop watching basketball. You don't know what you're talking about. You got to blame Ben Simmons. You can't blame Doc Rivers. He's not the one playing out there. I mean, he knew what he was getting into. He knew that Ben Simmons didn't have a shot when he got there. This isn't new. Simmons didn't just have a shot and it disappeared. He's never had a jump shot. So you can't blame Doc. It's not his fault. Brett Brown tried for years, I'm sure, for Ben Simmons to get a jump shot. I'm sure Doc Rivers is trying too. It's not working. Maybe he's arrogant. Ben Simmons, he seems like he is. I mean, he fucking flexed on Tyler Johnson and posted on Twitter. I'm like, bro, you, no respect to TJ, but oh my God, you really dunked on a nobody. I mean, and Tyler Johnson's really not a nobody, but you know what I mean? It's not like it dunked on LeBron or dunked on KD. 
or Kyrie or Harden or any other superstar. Tyler Johnson's no superstar. I love TJ, but he's not a superstar. I'm just telling it like it is. It's just, I don't know. I mean, I would love to get a Sixers fan on here and talk to him about Ben Simmons and that whole situation. I mean, you got to trust Daryl Morey now. You got to trust him and see what he does, you know. I just don't know where Ben Simmons fits. I mean, I don't know if a contending team is going to take him. You look at contenders right here. What, what contending team would take Ben Simmons? The only teams I could see Ben Simmons going to is a team that has no shot right now. Or a team that's in a huge rebuild. Maybe like, I don't know, maybe Sacramento. He goes there. I mean, I don't know. You can make it work, I guess. I'm just throwing teams out there. I don't know where he goes. You could say Houston again right there. I mean, yeah. Maybe you trade. Maybe you do a John Wall, Ben Simmons trade. I, I don't know. You know, I'm, I may sound like stupid with the whole Sacramento thing. But I'm just saying, I don't know where you put them. Shanghai Sharks? I don't know. <laughs> Him and Kyle Kuzma would do great over there. I mean, come on. It's just, it's amazing. It's just amazing how much this guy is such a liability on offense. He's a big liability. Once again, great defense player. I'll never knock his work on defense. Offensively, could do this. I could do this all day. And, you know, I do feel for some of the Philly fans, you know, because I know they're, they're loyal. You know, they went through a lot. You know, they saw so many losing seasons, you know. Embiid didn't play his first two years, so that was hard. But Embiid's been great. He might be an MVP pretty soon. He was an MVP candidate this year. I love Embiid. You know, I think he needs to stop flopping around. But, you know, I like him, though. I like his, you know, attitude. I like his game, to be honest. Instead of, the, you know, except the flopping. You know what I mean? Embiid's been very loyal. You know, with Simmons, like I said, I'm going to say again, offensive liability. Defensively, great player. Markel Fultz was there. He didn't have a he didn't have that great of a shot. He went to Orlando, and he's, he's fixed his shot. Hopefully, he recovers well from his ACL injury. You know, Philly needs, they need a score. Not just a shooter. They need a score. They have a shooter in Seth Curry. But they don't have a score when you think of it. They have a shooter. Because I was listening to one of the guys yesterday who was at the Pirelli's. I don't know if he was a Sixers fan. As, I don't know if he was a Sixers fan as well. I, I, I'm not too sure. But he said the Sixers need a score. They already have that shooter in Curry. They need a score because your center in Embiid cannot be your score. Just can't be. Your center cannot be your score. You need, you need a score like James Harden. But again, Philly didn't want him. They didn't want to give up Simmons. I'm sure they did want Harden. I shouldn't say they didn't want him. I'm sure they wanted him, but they chose not to give up Simmons. So you know what? Karma's a bitch on that one. I mean, I don't... Again, I don't know where this guy fits. I don't know. I don't know. It seems like he can't handle it on the big stage. He just can't. Regular season two, you know, he just doesn't have a shot at all. He's afraid to shoot the ball. I don't know where he goes. Maybe maybe Toronto and Philly make a trade. Lowry and Simmons. I just really don't know. I don't know at all where this guy goes. I just don't know where it's a good fit for him. But I don't think any good teams are going to take him. Like I said, it's going to be a team that's in a rebuild. That's what it's going to be. 
Well, that was an interesting series, but Ben Simmons, man, you got to fix your shit. You're definitely not playing like a first overall, man. You're definitely not. I just don't know what his problem is. really don't know. But on to my nets now. And I was very disappointed uh, last Saturday. And I was, like, switching through game four of the Islanders and Lightning, game seven between the Nets and the Bucks, so it was very hard to keep up. But after the Islanders won, I switched to the Nets game, and I believe the Nets were, I don't know if they were down by two if it was tied, you know, and fucking KD, man, with that clutch shot right there. If he moves his foot back just a little bit, if it's not on the line, the, Net, the, well, the Nets would be playing in Atlanta right now. They would have played them last night. Obviously, I would have missed the game, but game one would have been done already. That was some clutch shot, though, by KD. It was. And James Harden, you know, played through injury from game five to game seven. You know, he gave it his all. You know, KD gave us a great performance in game five. He put on, he put on a historic performance in game seven, the most points ever scored in a game seven. He had 48. I was just disappointed he didn't get 51 towards the end right there, you know, but... A lot of people are held accountable. Got to be held accountable for the Nets. And don't say Steve Nash. You just can't say that. You just can't say Nash. Well, actually, no, you could say Nash without playing Claxton in game six. You know, you needed you needed size in Claxton. Or hell, DeAndre Jordan should have been playing. If you don't trust Claxton, go with Jordan. Jordan has size as well. The Nets, they play too small against Milwaukee. They should have won game three. Bruce Brown should not have been taking the last shots in that clutch situation. It should have been either Kyrie or KD. And the Nets would have won. The Nets would have won. They would have been three games to none. They would have lost game four of them, but they would have won game five. And we wouldn't be talking about this right now. I'd be saying, oh, the Nets playing the Hawks. Okay, let's see what happens. Game one's over already. But no. They, they know the Nets did it themselves. If they win game three, maybe they do win game four, but that remains to be that would have been remains to be seen. But once Kyrie went down in game four, the series just changed. And I hope that he's doing well. You know, it was a shame not seeing Kyrie out there. You know, it was great to see Net fans show him support because, you know, you have your idiots out there that are gonna be like, oh my god, this guy is such he's so injury prone, and oh my god. Listen, listen, listen. Every super team that started off has had their problems. The Miami Heat, they lost in their first year. When they built up a super team, they lost to the Mavericks. They lost to the Mavericks. You know, it took the Warriors a while, but they really built that super team when KD went over. And they went back-to-back. Almost back-to-back, two-back, but, you know, they lost to Toronto in six. You know, the Lakers, LeBron in his first year, he didn't win. He didn't win his first year. This was KD's first year playing with the Nets, though. He didn't play the year before, obviously. So things, I believe, will be different next year. You know, I'm not mad about it right now. I'm way over. That's last week. That's in the past. You got to move on from that shit. You can't dwell on those type of losses. You got to be like, you know what? It's over. You move on. Next season will be here before you know it. So the Nets had injuries, but you know what? Nobody wants to hear our excuses, but it's true. Harden wasn't playing 100%. Kyrie was hurt. You know, KD, it looked like KD was healthy, which is great. Didn't when he was out. That was bad, too, for us. 
You know, but KD gave it his all in Game 7. You know what really killed us, though, right there? Other than KD, you know, not getting his foot off the line right there, which would have won the game. Just Joe Harris was wide open. Like, with, like, a minute left. It was 111-111. He's wide open. There's nobody around him. He gets the pass wide open, and he bricks it. I'm like, oh, my God. That would have sealed it. The Nets would have won because the Nets were shutting down the Bucks defensively, and they were shutting us down defensively. If Harris makes that three, it's over. That game's over. But then it was 113-111, and fucking... There were six seconds left. I don't know why the Nets didn't take a timeout. Katie was trying to rush it right there. He took the shiny air ball. I was like, oh, my God. When he airballed, I was legit in shock. I couldn't believe, I was in shock for a while. I was like, I can't believe they really just lost. I'm like, they had one timeout left. Why didn't they take it? They had six seconds left. They could have set up a play. I was like, oh, my God. I mean, if KD would have made that shot, I mean, oh, my God. It would have been one of the greatest shots in Nets history. And the Nets would have won that game. Most like, well, the Bucks would have had time. We had a couple seconds, so you never know. But, oh, my God, Barkley Center would have erupted. But right there, that was the fatigue right there. KD played the whole game. It was fatigue. You could just tell. But KD clutched score. But, of course, everybody's going to be like, oh, but he didn't make that. He didn't make the game-winning shot. But he made the game-time shot sent into overtime, okay? So KD is still a clutch score. So I don't want to fucking hear it. You can say whatever you want. It's fine. We're moving. We're moved on. Next season is upon us. We still have two years left to Kyrie, two years left to KD, and two years left to Harden. So the championship window is still there. It, it closes a little bit, but it's still right there. Do the Nets make any moves in the offseason? And no, you don't trade Joe Harris, okay? That's just my opinion for right now. My opinion could change because you can always trade him in the season. Yes, Joe Harris has not showed up in the playoffs. He did the same thing against Philly. He didn't show up in the playoffs against Philly in 2019. And against Boston, he was he was okay against Boston. But against Milwaukee, he just wasn't there. And it was right there. If Joe Harris makes that shot right there wide open, then the Nets most likely win the game. Most likely they win if he knocks down the shot. But there's nothing you can do about it. There's just nothing you could do about it. It's just it's over now. It's just it is what it is. You know, you move on from it. You know, next season, like I said, it'll be here in a few months. And we'll just see what happens. I wish things were different for the Nets. You know, I wish they were. I wish they were playing the Hawks right now. But you know what? They're not. So, you know, you can't dwell on it. It's just, it's over. It's all over now. So, it is what it is. It is what it is. But I am excited for next season. Things will be different. Everybody is healthy next year. There's no stopping this team. I'm not gonna make excuses, but there were guys that were hurt. When Kyrie went down, the series changed. The series absolutely changed. But you know, we'll see what happens next season. Hopefully everything goes our way. It feels like this franchise is just cursed. It's just what it feels like. It's just what it feels like, you know. Seeing this team win only 12 games in 09-10, you know, and... Well, of course, you know, I don't remember that much of Kidd and Carter and Jefferson. 
because I was still young, so I really don't remember much of them, obviously. And obviously, when they went to the finals, obviously Carter wasn't there. It was Jefferson Kid? So, and then the whole KG and Pierce trade. <laughs> Things will be okay, though. I'm confident going into next season. This will motivate them. You know, there's going to be bumps in the road next season, obviously. But things are going to change. They will. But now let's talk about my New York Islanders. Saving the best for last. Oh, yeah. And with, you know, AEW, I will do my review on Sunday, obviously. Review AEW Dynamite for you guys. You know, I think it's going to be a real fun show. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, with my Islanders right now, game seven is tomorrow night. Here in the semifinals, it's do or die. This series against Tampa has been something, and I said Islanders in seven. I've said it from the start. You can ask my friends if you know you're listening. They're out there. They know what I'm talking about. I said Islanders in seven. You know, KMGJ said Islanders in six. Now he changed his pick. He changed it after game five. So it's whatever. But um, still. It's going to be something tomorrow because we know Andre Vasilevsky is 12-0 after a playoff loss. Ever since they ever since they got swept by Columbus in 2019, Vasilevsky is 12-0 after a playoff loss. Tomorrow, things are going to change. He's going to be 12-1. That's how I feel right here. We are so close. Nassau Coliseum deserves... To see one more Stanley Cup. One more. And I'm going to tell you guys right now. Game 6 last night means absolutely nothing. If the Islanders do not win tomorrow. Last night's game means absolutely nothing. If they don't win tomorrow. I'm getting emotional right now. Because tomorrow night I'm going to cry. Whether it be good tears. Or bad tears. Tears are going to come out of my eyes tomorrow. They absolutely are. Am I ready for this game? I'm really not. I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I'm not ready for tomorrow. I'm not. I'm nervous. I know that's hours away. That's another day tomorrow. It's not even here yet. But I'm really nervous. I just don't know. I just... And here's the thing. They did this year what they couldn't do last year. They forced the game seven against Tampa. Because I was always asking that question, what would have happened if they would have forced a Game 7 last year? Well, they answered it this year. Now what do they do? The series has been something, though. Breaking down this series, you know, the Islanders won Game 1, 2-1. to one. You know, Tampa came out firing right away, but the Islanders were able to shut them down. Tampa had no answers after that. Barzell and uh, Pollock scored. Valamov was great. Vasilevsky's been great the whole series. Not taking anything away from him at all. He's been amazing. But the Islanders were able to shut them down in game one. You know, Braden Point scored the only goal for Tampa. Scored it late, you know, but Braden Point's been fantastic. He's got nine goals, you know, in nine straight games. Like, he has scored nine straight games, this motherfucker. Like, what the hell? Let's hope it's not 10 tomorrow. Come on, let him tie the record. Shit. Game two was tough, though. You know, the Islanders lost that game 4-2. to two. It should have been 4-1, to one, to be honest, because... I mean, Pelic pushed point right into Valamov. That should have been a penalty on Pelic. 
we capitalized on it, but then Tampa Bay in the second period, they just got to us right there and took back the lead. And the third period, they just shut us down. And it was a shame. It's like, all right, the series is tied now. It's coming back to the Coliseum all tied up, just like it has been the last two rounds. Game three, I mean, Tampa, they came out firing. Every game except yesterday, Tampa has come out firing against us. Islands had no answer in the first period. Second period, you know, they were down one nothing. and Clutterbuck tied it, which was huge. And then Braden Point a few minutes later, after the power play for Tampa, they, he took, they took the lead. And the Islanders, they tried their best in the third period on Vasilevsky. They couldn't tie it. They were getting close, couldn't tie it, you know, and Tampa took a 2-1 lead. So game four really defined us. It's like, all right, this is our season. Our season's on the line because if we don't win game four, there's no coming back. They're not going to win game five if they lose game four. Again in game four, Tampa came out firing, but Varlamov stood tall. Second period, the Islanders took advantage, scored three straight goals, up 3-0. I was very confident. Tampa did come back on the third period. They scored two straight. Barry Trotz took a timeout right away, and I was like, oh, my God, don't tell me they're going to blow this game. But then Ryan McDonough with four seconds left with the spin move. Varlamov was all the way out. Ryan Polak saved our season. Because if Polak is not there, that's a wide-open net, and McDonough would have tied it. And then I, believe, I truly believe Tampa would have won in overtime. That's what I truly believe. So Ryan Polak saved our season. If the Islanders win the cup, it's because of Ryan Polak, because of that. Because the Islanders would not be where they're at right now if not for Ryan Polak. That was huge. That was huge. Coliseum was going crazy. All the Islander fans were going crazy. I couldn't even believe it. I was like, holy shit, he actually did that. He actually fucking did that. No way. I was so hyped. It's 2-2. Two to two. We go back to Tampa. And the Islanders were not ready. Tampa Bay took advantage of us in Game 5 with everything they had. They blew us out of the water. 8 to nothing. When the first period, when Stamco scored 45 seconds in, I said to myself, this could be a blowout. I could just feel it. They don't look ready. They kept turning it over. There were so many odd man advantages. And Tampa took advantage of them. Every single one, Tampa took advantage. And they won 8 to nothing. And I was just like, oh my God, that really just happened. Can you really blame Varlamov? No, you can't because he had no support. It's not like these were soft goals Varlamov was allowing. But he was taken out after the first period, or sorry, during the first period, they brought in Sorokin. He allowed five goals, but you can't blame him either. He was getting no support, and they were on the fucking penalty kill most of the game. But they move on now to game six, which was yesterday. And I was at Borelli's with my guy James. We had a great time, a lot of fun. We met uh, Frankie Borelli and his father and his, and his mother as well, obviously. Great people. Frankie and his uh, father went to the game. We actually saw him right as we got there. You know, we got out of the car. And they came right out, right at the right time. And I was like, oh, shit. It's like, it's just crazy seeing him. He was such a nice guy, Frankie. It was great to meet him. Shook his hand. You know, he asked us, we're going to the game. like, no, nah, we're watching the game here. And he was like, listen, it's a great experience. I'm like, you're damn right it is. And his father, Mr. Borelli, said this. He said, the Islanders are going to win, guaranteed. And he was right. He seemed like a very nice man, too, but Frank, it was great to see him. It was great to see his father as well. It was awesome. We saw Stu, and we got in there as well. Actually, not as right as we got in there because we, we, we did have to wait a while. 
because they asked us if we're watching the game. So they like us, like our table, obviously, you know, so we watch, you know, we had to wait like a while. I think we had to wait like a half an hour, but that was fine. It was worth it. I had a lot of fun. The food was great. I had buffalo wings and an Italian hero sandwich. I said to myself I, said to myself I was going to get the pizza, but hopefully I do get to go back to Borelli's this year here in the playoffs, you know, especially if they go to the cup. I'm definitely going back. I got to get the pizza. Got to get the fucking pizza because every time, every time I fucking saw the pizza passing me, like a lot of people were ordering the pizza, I was like, oh my God, I should have got pizza. Come on. Damn it. But next time I will, and there will be a next time. You know, but we had such a great time. Like I said, we met the St. Louis Blues, half Lightning fan, was wearing the Brandon Point shirt. He was sitting right behind us with his friends, and he was getting chirped, obviously. Oh, like he was in enemy territory, but he was a great sport, you know. And me and James, we sat next to uh, two Island fans, you know. Like, they just... Because we actually were walking past them, because they already sat down. Because they got there before us. So, they are already, sit, already sitting down. And me and James get called back to, to, our, to our table. And we saw two people there as well. We were just talking to them, having a long conversation with them. And, you know, the Lightning fan. We call him the Lightning fan, obviously. Wearing the point shirt and his friends, and you know, one of the ladies there were like, "You guys want to sit together?" Like, you know, I was like, "All right, sure, we'll sit together." And we did, and we had a great time. Great time talking to them, you know, getting to know them. It was great. It was fun. And of course, the lightning fan and his friends they sat right behind us. I was like, "Oh shit!" And the lady there was like, "It's not gonna be a problem, is it?" I think she was. I thought she was joking, but she was actually serious. It sounded like she was joking, but she probably thought we were gonna like chirp him the whole night and bother him. Or he would bother us right there. Like, no, it's fine. Like, I, I get it, though. I, I get it. That's understandable. That, that's fine. But we had a great time. We had a great time, though, you know. And last night was just fun. Borelli's is definitely the spot to go to if you're watching an Islanders game. Especially in the playoffs. Especially in the playoffs. And to be honest, it was, it was really packed there last night. And the Islanders were home last night. I didn't think it was going to be that packed. It was fucking packed. It sounded like an Islanders game. I actually did some of the chants as well. And I was like, holy shit, people are actually getting into it. I was like, oh my God, this is fucking great. I was having so much fun. I was having so much fun at the game last night. It was awesome. It was such a great experience being at Borelli's, meeting Frankie Borelli, meeting his father and his mother too. I want to get to his mother later on because she was sweet as fuck. She was great. She was awesome. Especially what she said to my to my friend James. She was nicest lady you could ever meet. She was so great to us. And it was great. And we saw Stu in there as well. We actually saw him as we were going to our table. And Frank the Tank was there. And for those who don't know, Frank the Tank is uh, the Mets fan that went on the whole rant uh, with the uh, jersey trains because he missed, you know, uh, part of opening day back in 2017. So he was there and he was nice. He, he was only there for a little while. But he seemed like a very nice guy. I was like, holy shit, like, that's Frank the Tank. Like, oh, my God. Like, he's right there. We got to talk to him a little bit. Should've got, I should have got a picture with him. You know, I don't want to be rude and ask. I mean, I know it's not rude, but it's like I don't want to bother him. Because I'm sure a lot of people do ask him pictures. And I just don't want to bother him. You know, you know what I mean? I mean? Like, I didn't get a picture with Frankie at all. At all. I just didn't want to bother him. He's on his way to the game. So I just didn't want to, like, bother him. You know what I mean? But it was great, though. Great seeing them. It's like seeing like royalty right here. It was just so awesome. It's the place. It's the place to be for the playoffs. 
It absolutely is. Fucking love Borelli's, man. Love it. Fucking great people there. Great people. The service was awesome. You know, waitress kept coming around. She thought like she was bothering us because we were watching the game, but no, she was doing her job. She wasn't bothering us. She was doing her job. You know, she did great. She was awesome. Everybody there was awesome. Oh my gosh. It was just a great place to be. Great atmosphere to be. Great place to work. I'm definitely sure it's a great place to work. Because you know if you're an Islanders fan, you're working there for the playoffs, you know it's going to be crazy. And it's going to be fun. Oh, and boy, it was fun. Oh, shit. What, what a time it was yesterday. It was a great time. But, you know, the first period, you know, the Islanders did go down one nothing. You know, Braden Point scored again. And I was like, oh, here we go again. And I was like, with four minutes left. For, they end, the first period was whatever, to be honest. In the second period, the Islanders got a five-on-three, and they couldn't capitalize. And I felt like that was going to be a momentum change. We had the momentum. Now it's like... You're giving the momentum back to Tampa now, and it's like, come on, you can't, you can't do that. And I, I don't know if it was Gord or Sorelli that got a breakaway, and they made it two nothing, and I was like, holy shit, like no. And then hope, I felt like hope was lost right there. I felt like you know what, they're gonna lose this game. This is gonna be the last ever game of the Coliseum. And then Jordan Eberle, a couple minutes later, goes to the backhand, buries it past Vasilevsky. It was a pretty soft goal. Vasilevsky should have had that one, but Eberle buried it. It's two to one. I'm like, all right, now we're in this game. Now it's a game right now. Everly, his first goal in a while. That was huge. First goal of the series. So that was big. It was two to one. We ended the period strong. I'm like, all right, third period coming up. Here we go. We get another power play. We can't capitalize. The only one power play goal the Islanders have in this series was the power play they shouldn't even have had. You know what I mean? So they couldn't capitalize. And Nick Letty's been completely useless in this series. He was useless last night, too. He was just terrible. But then, you know, a few minutes later after the power play, it was like three minutes later, Barzell with a beautiful pass to Scotty Mayfield. Top shelf, Scotty Mayfield buries it and ties the game up at two. That was huge. And Mayfield, you know, I, I've shitted on Mayfield a lot, you know, in his tenure with the Islanders, but that was a huge goal right there. He's been great defensively here in the playoffs. That was huge. Mayfield ties up. That's the goal of his career right now. So he ties it up at two. I'm like, oh, here we go. And Borelli's was rocking. Everybody's jumping. Everybody's going crazy. You just love it. And now the game goes to overtime. And now it's where it all sets in. It's like, okay, last year in game six, the Islanders lost in overtime. And that's how their season ended. This is different now. This is not Edmonton. This is not the bubble. This is Nassau Coliseum. Potentially our last ever game, no matter what happens in game seven. We just don't know right now. We focus on right now. A minute and a few seconds into overtime, Anthony Beauvillier snipes it past Vasilevsky. Borelli's is shaking. The Coliseum is shaking. And the Islanders win game six. And they force a game seven for tomorrow night. When I tell you both score right there, believe me, I was nervous going into overtime. I was not ready. I was nervous as hell. You know, a lot of people, after the third period ended, a lot of people got up and went outside for a few minutes just to cool off and relax. You know, I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, you know, this might be it right here. So here we go. I, I stood inside. I just moved around a little bit, walked around, like, nervous. I'm like, oh, my God, this might be it. And I hope that it's not. But Anthony Beauvillier, his first goal in so long, his first goal in Series 2, that was big. 
and it was awesome. Fucking James was jumping on me, one of the other guys over there jumping on me. We were having so much fun. We're all jumping up and down, going crazy, getting loud. Just, it was so fucking great. It was, and and fucking James was awesome last night. The first time I'm getting to watch an Islanders game with him, definitely not going to be the last. I already know it's not going to be the last. Oh my God, he was going crazy. We had so much fun last night, especially after Beauvillier won it. It was insane at Borelli's. Never been a part of that. That was so fucking awesome. I can only imagine what it was like at the Coliseum. I had so much fun. I'm so glad that me and James went. And we had such a fun time. It's a night I'll definitely never forget. I'll always remember it. I'll always remember it for the rest of my life. No matter what happens tomorrow, I'll always remember it. Always. It would have been nice, though, if we were up 3-2 to two last night and we would have won going to the Cup, obviously, but it is what it is. A lot of people like myself said Islanders in 7. It's redemption time now. It's time to end this tomorrow with a W and move on to the Stanley Cup. Whether it be Montreal or Vegas, we'll be ready. But focus on Game 7. And Lightning, they did lose Kucherov. Kucherov got hurt early on in the game, or like the first like couple minutes into the game last night, so... We don't know if he's going to play tomorrow. If he doesn't play tomorrow, that's a big loss for Tampa. It doesn't. It does not guarantee a Tampa loss because they they're going to have that next man up mentality. The series isn't over. It's not. But it is a big loss. It absolutely is a huge loss for Tampa if uh, Kucherov is out. But guys, last night was so awesome. Going back home and just talking with James. It was just awesome after that. We had so much fun. So much fun. We, we met up at like... He met me at my place. Picked me up at like 4.40, I believe. Like around 4.40. We went to get some coffee at Dunkin' Donuts first. And then we, you know, we started driving. We hit, some, we hit, a, lot, we hit a lot of traffic going there. That made sense. Rush hour. You know, we hit, we hit a lot of traffic. Going home, there was just a little bit of traffic because a couple of lanes were closed off. That, that's whatever. That was towards the end, so that was really nothing. But, no, we had a great time talking in the car. Of course, you know, talking about, you know, personal shit, obviously, and sports and wrestling. Just had a lot of fun talking with him. You know what I mean? Great to connect with him, you know, obviously. But I had a lot of fun. Maybe we're going to go back to Borelli's tomorrow. I kind of doubt it because I don't know if he's going to be able to get off work tomorrow. <laughs> we'll see, though. Listen, I'm ready. You know, they ask me. I'm sure, like, if he said, he'll probably text me if he does get off work. Like, do you want to go to Borelli's tonight? I'm going to be like, do you even have to ask? <laughs> oh, shit. But you know what? Listen, if he can't go tomorrow, we're going to go for the cup. Because we are going to go to the cup. Islanders in seven. It's our time. You cannot let last night's win be the last ever win at the Coliseum. It just can't be. The last ever game at the Coliseum. No. We've come this far. Win game seven tomorrow. I don't care how you do it. You do whatever you can. I was saying to myself, Tampa does not want to go back home and play a game seven. They want to go back home and play in the cup. So now the pressure is really on them. Because they they do not want to play a game seven. But now they have to. Take advantage tomorrow. We know Vasilevsky is going to be tough. We obviously know that Vasilevsky has been tough this whole series. 
He's 12 and 0 after a playoff loss ever since 2019. It's time to end that. It's time to make him 12 and 1. You know, the Capitals back in 2018 with Barry Trotz, they were down 3 2. They won game six at home, and then game seven, they went to Tampa. The last game seven Tampa has played, and Washington won. So does history, does history repeat itself? I sure hope that it does. Tomorrow I'm going to be anxious the whole day. I just can't wait until the game starts. That adrenaline's not going to stop for a long time tomorrow. But all right, guys, I will talk to you. I, I definitely will talk to you guys on Saturday, recapping game seven. I hope, just hope that we're going to Stanley Cup. I know I'm saying that we're going to. Well, let's just, let's do it. Let's do it, guys. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. I'm back, and I ain't going anywhere. It's time to end this tomorrow. It's time to move on to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 1984 because the Coliseum deserves one more Stanley Cup. And it's time to do it. Redemption time tomorrow, boys and girls. That's what it's all about. Thank you guys for listening. God bless you guys. I love you guys. And I will talk to you guys on Saturday. Thank you.